It's time for the What in the Podcast. Deb Shockney Buller is a quantum hypnotherapist, psi professional, and wellness educator assisting groups and individuals in reaching for the stars. She is also the associate producer of Alien Abduction Answers, which she worked closely with John Yost. We're going to have her on the show tonight and have a nice little talk with her. Welcome to episode 131 of What in a Podcast. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriana Mito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hiya. Hi, folks. If, if you hear <laughs> the sounds of a baby during the podcast, it's because we have a fourth co-host tonight. Just over three months old. Tracy has brought her granddaughter with her, little Natalia. She's following me. I babysit her while mommy's in school. Yeah. So, so if you hear those those baby noises, just know it's just our fourth co-host. <laughs> really wants to be part of the conversation. Not take a nap. No, Give because she nap time. she won't take a nap because she's it's a new place and she she's afraid she's gonna miss something. Yep. So, huh. so the sounds of babies that you hear are incidental, but have to be here. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if you don't like it too bad. <laughs> you stop with that. She agreed. Yeah. Huh. Too bad. Yes. Hey, she just, wanted, happens, she just huh? wants to add her two cents. That's all. Yes, yeah, she does. She doesn't know what her two cents are, but she wants to add them. Yeah. So how have you been, Tracy? Well, let's see. We, we've had a Halloween party at the house. We've had uh, not the plague, but a plague moving to the house. My goodness, it took me out for two days. Um, but not COVID. Uh, we've had little bug here growing up like a little weed. Mama yeah. started school. She's tall. She, uh, Mama started her cosmetology school. So 10 month program, she's getting the hair, the skin, the nails, the makeup, the eyelashes, the whole nine yards. And uh, they scare me, the eyelashes. Oh, <laughs> and uh, they look like caterpillars on your face. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm still working at Evangeline's and having a field day there and the store is being as goofy as ever. Although I have to admit, before we started our inventory, when, when it was all crazy for Halloween, mm. oh my stars, was the store not in a happy place. Feeling the energy was weird. The store was angry, huh? The store was weird. But hey, beyond that, you've been to Evangeline? I've been good. Have you been to Evangeline? Have you yeah. been? Did they take you? Folks, if you could see the look on Adri's face right now. <laughs> hey, we've tried for 25 years to have a child. I don't want to hear it. Hi. Let me spoil and play with other people's kids. All I can say is Adri's making the same faces that the baby is right now. They got big smiles and happy it's eyes. It's kind of putting a smile on everybody's face. 
Nothing wrong with that. Yep, yep, yep. You can keep teasing me. See what I do to you. No, 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 no. I'm not teasing. I think it's cute. Come um, on. I get I get around babies and I turn into a weirdo. But I never actually baby talk to babies. My parents never baby talked with me. They 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 refuse to let anybody do that with me. So I'm just I'm just smiling and laughing and talking hi. Yep. It's different. And she's like, wait a minute. And the making of the faces, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> so how was your Halloween? Halloween was awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all came over to the house and yep. I passed out a lot of candy. Over 800 pieces of candy. And she got extra from her mom and dad. That, that, that was including the stuff from mom and dad. That's a lot of candy. Of which I had a whole whopping <gasps> 50 pieces left. Oh no. Well, we spent our Halloween trick-or-treating with a bunch of kids. Our Halloween, our, our, our Halloween slash anniversary taking three children out for for trick-or-treating yes because that's how we roll on our anniversary it was fun the kids had fun they enjoyed it yeah each of them oh, got three amazing. gallons worth of you know three gallon bags worth of candy that also includes the three trunk or treats we took them to friday saturday and sunday the yes, weekend before I know, but it was quite a haul they they came home with a lot of candy They've got enough candy. They're giving me candy. It's like, I can't eat all this candy. But the sugar's not good for you. Yeah. But, but still, I'm enjoying it. To me. I, I'm enjoying what I, I can, can sneak in my mouth when someone's not, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> cleaning my mom's attention. Yeah. Can you clean my mom's attention, don't yep. you? Yes, you do. So anyway, um, we had... Uh, in the past here, uh, we had a guest by the name of John Yost, if you remember. He is a filmmaker who put out a movie called Alien Abductions Answers. Um, he was a great interview. and Wonderful person. Definitely. Um, mm -hmm. He's got his issues right now. So he's suffering from, I want to say, I want to say suffering because he's actually he's, doing he's, really he's good. He's doing right much now. better, but he still has it. It's yeah. not he's completely in remission. He's combating it. Uh, pancreatic cancer. Um He's, he's doing a lot better than he was before. 3%, yeah. I think she said, didn't she? From, yeah. His numbers went from 80 to 3. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. And he's he still has about $100,000 left to do for treatment, for treatment worth yep. of treatments. Mm -hmm. so, and that's yeah, after yeah, 300000 yeah. done. Yeah, so, so you know, I'm going to say it right now. I'm plugging if, it, I'm anybody sorry. Anybody can do their parts to help out John. He's got a GoFundMe page. Um, I will be posting uh Any little bit again. helps a dollar. Any. Any little bit will help. And even just support. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, energy, prayers. We have I've we've donated, but we haven't we donated? We probably need to donate again. We need to donate, yes. Again. And then we've got um I I, I he's in my prayers just about every day. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. But to that effect, because of our interview with John, um he had through his interview we he mentioned Chris um, Co-Horton Crime, who's who an associate <laughs> producer on, on the movie. Also, best his friend. therapist. And best friend. And best friend, Deb Shakti. <laughs> uh, she is a, what they call a quantum hypnotist. Uh, she's a meditator, all this other good stuff. Okay. I'll get into the bio here uh, just momentarily. But um, we've she's got awesome her on tonight. People. She's very awesome. And uh, we hope that you enjoy listening to her. Let's get right to our interview with Debs. Our guest tonight is Deb Shakti. Uh, she is a professional quantum hypnotherapist, open channel and medium, offering professional psi services, including energy alchemy, ET contact, and paranormal experience counseling. 
She lovingly hosts a long-standing local CE5 contact and consciousness group and is an active member of several international CE5 contact teams, leading retreats and researching the infinite nature of consciousness. She is a professional, I'm oh, sorry, she is associate professor. No, I blew it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> she is a, the associate producer of the new top rated film, Alien Abduction Answers. Her work as the quantum hypnotherapist assisting John Yost, the filmmaker, as well as with all the experiencers in the film is highly featured. She has many decades of professional service working with such people and many others seeking self-discovery and clarity about the nature of consciousness. Deb Shakti was born with most of what she affectionately calls her superpowers, switched on, what others may call the side gifts. She also cherishes a lifetime of daily, almost constant contact with various forms of consciousness, including ETs, interdimensionals, orbs, celestials, ultra-terrestrials, and more. She has always perceived and been able to live and work multidimensionally. She channels the ultra-wise group entity known as the Star Teachers, as well as other highly advanced beings, capital B-E there, uh, who say they are us, capital U-S as well, having evolved to a much higher, more positive, and co-creative frequency. She works with all types of energy healing modalities and is a lifelong yogi and yoga breathwork meditation mantra teacher. She also spent much of her life as a competitive athlete and as a former national champion martial artist, published author, and much more. Deb Shakti loves everyone, our planet, and everything that makes up life. She's doing her best to work her purpose, Dharma, to assist as many as possible to become consciously balanced and sustained in self-awareness, most of all, to be and share and teach love. Welcome, Debs. Well, thank you so much for, for having me on, guys. I really appreciate this. Oh, no, Thanks. it's a pleasure. Definitely. So I've tooted your horn here <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, but I, I do want to thank you for coming on and, and talking with us. Um, as, as I said in our private conversation before we started, actually, you know, John is uh, uh, John Yost, who's been on our show previously, has uh, talked a lot about you. And uh, once I was able to connect with you, I, I just said to myself, I've got to have her on the show. So here we are. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm really excited. I, uh, John's one of my best friends. And of course, you know, a, uh, a cohort in all of this work and uh it's a wonderful story and uh yeah so i can't wait to get into it mm -hmm. definitely so not the excited at all no no not at no, all, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> nope tracy's not squeeing not at all nope nope, nope. <laughs> so let, let me ask you real quick how did you um get into now now john talked to me a lot about quantum hypnosis i wanted to ask talk to you about that Mm -hmm. Hopefully at length a little bit, find out more about what quantum hypnosis is and how you use it for your, you know, your CE5 contacts and all that. Um, for our listeners who don't know, CE5 is a reference to close encounters of the fifth kind. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Human initiated ET contact. Right, Humans right. Reaching out to mm -hmm. the ETs. Yeah. Okay. So what's involved with all that? Uh, with quantum hypnosis or with CE5? 
Uh, either one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's a good answer. <laughs> well, um, goodness, I don't even know where to start. We'll, we'll, we'll start with the contact stuff because that's, that's kind of brings us into why I worked with John and why this movie was made and so forth. Mm -hmm. But um, I was born uh, being able to perceive, as you read my bio, uh, other forms of consciousness. I thought everybody did. You know, so um, I even had a uh, uh, another family that was overlaid, my physical family, um, who were not physical, but uh, when I was a child and my parents just thought I was really imaginative and creative. And then and then as you know, as I as they realized I, you know, was living a, kind of a dual life there, they, they're just, you know, kind of had me shut that down and not talk about it because they thought it was weird and knew the world would think it was weird. But um, I've had uh, ET contact my whole life. And, um, and I think it's just because, you know, some people have their window open a little wider, uh, mm -hmm. their perceptive window open a little wider than others, what I call the vibrational state. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there was a, period of time from about the time I started school till my early teen years where I didn't talk about it, but it still was going on the whole time. And then I started finding out, you know, that uh, other people had these experiences too and, and so forth. And so as I went into adulthood, it, it felt safer to, to talk about it. And I used to, you know, I lived out in the country and I, uh, would host, uh, you know, gatherings where people could come and look at the stars and see if they could see anything in the sky. And so it, it wasn't called CE5 back then. That's that's a, a concept that was uh, given that, that name by Dr. Stephen Greer back in the 90s. Um, and it just means human-initiated ET contact, where you do a certain process he has some protocols that are really good that start with, you know, meditative practices and so forth. And, and when you're in a group uh, gaining heart coherence with each other and raising the vibrational state of the group, and then asking to have contact, um, you have a really good chance of having a close encounter uh, either, you know, by seeing things in the sky or, even there on the ground physically, mm -hmm. um, but but you don't have to do it that way. And so I was always able to do it just by being me, and you know having people get into um, a nice relaxed state. Uh, I became a meditator when I was thirteen, and a yogi when I was thirteen, and and just uh, incorporated those practices into. Uh, you know, everything I did. And so that helped us to uh, make contact. But when you're in a group and you're able to foster that heart coherence and that higher vibrational state, it's very powerful. It's like sending an amplified signal uh, into the universe and, and they always respond. So uh, the... That's part of the work I do. I lead groups. I do retreats. Um, I, I, I'm part of a lot of research teams. Uh, we're 
we're finally starting to catch up with what a lot of ancient people have always said, and that is that everything is consciousness. So whether you call it an ET or an angel or a ghost or, you know, whatever, fairies, whatever kind of extra normal or paranormal things that, that you're communicating with, it's all consciousness just like we are because everything is made of energy. Uh, so that brings me to the quantum part of this, of my work. Um, I call my work quantum transformation because we connect with all aspects of life and we're not limited. You know, none of us is limited. Um, as I said before, quantum physics teaches us that everything is made of the same energy and uh, third law of thermodynamics states that no energy can ever be created nor destroyed, but it just changes form and function basically via its vibrational state. Right. Yes. So, right. So, uh, so we, and we're, and it's all connected. It's all part of the same thing. It's just, you know, expressing in different forms. Uh, so long ago I was, you know, classically educated in clinical psychology and clinical hypnosis. And yet I, I had all these other gifts. I have all these psychic gifts and energy uh, healing gifts and, and things like that. And I'm, I'm I, uh, you know, uh, have uh, telepathy. I like to call it telepathy though, because it's not just thoughts, it's thoughts on the carrier wave of feeling. So okay. mm -hmm. to be able to work with people as I got into adulthood and wanted to serve the people as much as possible, that's my purpose. Um, rather than going the clinical route, I put all of my, by that time, you know, I'd been in yoga since I was 13 too. I put all of these techniques together and came up with a way to really get people deeper than I've ever seen people be able to go in the state of hypnosis, which is just tapping into the quantum field. That's all okay. it is. You change your brainwave state to a, a deep theta state mm -hmm. uh, with some of these practices. And I, so I incorporate breath work and mantra, which is kind of sound technology using your voice um, and then deep meditation to bring people into that state. And then we go into the hypnosis uh, part of it where they can tap into any part of the field and okay. see anything. Everything is always existing forever, all in the same place. So you can tap into any experience you ever had, even if you weren't aware that you were having experience. Uh, you know, I, I could take you in and, and say, okay, when you were 12 years old and 12 years and four days old and you're walking down the street, tell me what you see. And you could read the street signs. You could uh, describe all the people. You could tell me what stores you're by and everything, even though you didn't pay attention to that when you were 12 years and four days old, you were just a kid walking around, but it's recorded. So you can tap into that. So it's a really powerful way to recover memories mm -hmm. with clarity and, and 
often when people have a lot of um, PTSD, for instance, trauma, like John Yost did uh, from his close encounter when he was a kid, um, you can go in there and see it the way it really was and get information about it. But it goes even deeper than that because we can see those things and then connect with the highest version of the person's self, you know, as high as you can go and ask that version, whatever you want to call it, source, divine, whatever, ask it what all that was about. What did it mean? What was it for? How can we use it now? Can this, whatever problems came from it or that we're experiencing now, can we be healed? And that source will speak through that person because they're verbalizing the whole thing during the session that that source will, will tell them exactly what all of it meant and what to do about it. So, so I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's kind of it. it it's like, an, in a, yeah, it's kind of like in effect, they're, they're channeling. They are channeling. They're channeling mm -hmm. any version of themselves and any part of life experience and but they're doing it out loud and i think that's what's so powerful you know i'm a channel and mm -hmm. people call me all the time and we do sessions and they ask me questions and and i just kind of get out of the way and the information just comes through um and it's very clear and precise information often about stuff i don't know anything about but uh and and they get a great deal of benefit out of that but when people are in the quantum hypnosis uh, state, they are literally the channelers and they're verbalizing out loud and I record everything. And so afterwards, they can't believe what came out of their mouths. You know, they're just astonished. And I think that's very healing too, because there's no doubt, you know, about who's, who's talking. All right, no, I imagine it's quite cathartic actually. It's very cathartic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure John could tell you that himself. He's he's a great one for telling about his his big session and uh, yeah. So anyway, mm -hmm. it's really interesting, fascinating. I have the most fascinating life of anybody I know, and I sure <laughs> do hear a lot of stuff. So I can, can surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. I imagine you probably have a few anecdotes too. Mm. Millions of stories. Uh -huh. <laughs> Care to share? <laughs> Pick a subject and we'll go. But what I have to say is that what's interesting, what's really interesting is even though everybody who comes to me has their own specific, you know, reasons, a lot of the times it's problems or mm -hmm. things that they don't understand, or maybe they're just curious. But no matter what, there is this common thread, especially at the end when we did talk to their higher self, uh, there's a common thread that keeps being added to because that, that last part is coming from the same, the same kind of connecting force that's in all of us. And so it keeps adding to the message to the world about what what's going on and often at least for humans here um on earth it's about you know us waking up and taking care of this planet and taking care of each other 
and it's all about how to evolve and and that we must evolve very quickly or we're not going to be part of the story here anymore doesn't mean we won't still live we just won't be here and uh and this experience will go away eventually if we don't take care of ourselves so mm -hmm. so that's been fascinating too over the years okay well uh let me open up the floor ladies you got anything you'd like to ask her or Yes and no. So <laughs> I'm listening with one ear because oh, I'm listening with one ear because because suddenly the baby decided to be a baby. Um, but uh, how how you you were born into it? You everything was active and running, um, and then you said you you had to ignore it for a while. How did you did, did you like ignore it, ignore it? Did you reawaken yourself? Did you just like one no. sit? I'm looking back. Yeah, I did. Ignore it ever. I couldn't ignore it ever. It was part of okay. my life. I just, I just didn't talk about it. And in fact, I think the survival mechanism was to be as introverted as I possibly could be. So I just didn't, I just didn't interact with a lot of people. Uh, and I was more internal. And so mm -hmm. I had this very rich uh, experience of multidimensional life. But I just didn't talk about it to others because I had been very sternly warned by my parents and then of course by the nuns in Catholic school and all that, that, that we just don't talk about that stuff. That's not real. Don't talk about that. It's, it's not right. Um, but then, like I said, you know, I grew up, uh, I was born in the fifties and I came into, you know, my teenage years during the, the big hippie revolution. And about that time, everything blew apart. People were, exploring many things here in our country, mm -hmm. uh, of course, across the world, but we were kind of behind, like, you know, the, like in India and, and places like that, they had always um, explored consciousness. But here in the United States, you know, we had the big uh, hippie revolution, and mm -hmm. people were talking about peace, love, and consciousness. And and the different ways to connect with that. And so it felt safe to be around these people and talk about my experiences. And then when I did, I found out, oh, wow, everybody else is having these experiences too. You know, so uh, that's how it took off. Mm -hmm. Your high school experience sounds an awful lot like my high school experience many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need an exorcist? No, sister, we're just talking about what happens at my house. Yeah. <laughs> We're having about we're talking about what happens when the parents go to bed and go to sleep, right? So yeah. um but no, I'm really grateful, you know, and I know that it was on purpose that I came into this lifetime at that period because had I entered, you know, even twenty-five years before, it would have been far more difficult and I probably wouldn't have been brave enough to ever come out. Um although you know, mm -hmm. there are people older than I am who 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 have, but uh, it's just, it was just tougher. So, right. Well, not being able to talk about it at at that age did that was that kind of a stunting event? Was that did it kind of hinder your ability in any way? Uh, well, more than 
than anything, it just really did drive me into introversion for quite some time. I mean, I, I think I was born an introvert, actually, but I, I learned how to compensate for it. I talk to people all over the world every day, obviously, and uh-huh. and I present to large groups and, and conferences and so forth. But And I'm very comfortable with that. But it was... Um, it it felt very sad, especially when I was a young kid, to finally realize no one else around me understood what I was experiencing. And it, it made me feel a little crazy, you know, because people want to call you crazy if you don't have the same, uh, oh, the same type of perception and lifestyle that, that the common people have, that everybody around you has then of course you're going to be called weird or crazy or whatever. And then, you know, eventually I, I, you know, getting along with these other people and hearing their stories and everything that really helped. But for a, you know, I'd say probably a good 10, 12 years as a kid, I just kind of kept to myself and, and didn't, you know, I had some friends, but I didn't talk about this stuff at all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, Hillary, did you have a question or anything you wanted to say? Nope, I'm just listening. Okay. Apparently, I'm losing my voice again. That's good life for us, right? Yeah. yeah. It's hard to do when you're podcasting, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you. Um, Have, have you yourself, now you said you, you are an ET experiencer now. Have you ever had a, a physical experience with the ETs? All the time. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my very first memory uh, of ET contact, and I'm, you know, I've told this story a million times, so forgive me, if some of you, if you've heard this, but I was probably three, <clears throat> and I was the oldest of four kids born in a little over four years. So you can imagine my mom was very tired and pregnant all the time when I was a little kid. And my dad worked three jobs to keep us uh, afloat. So they Mm -hmm. were both very tired. But I can remember my mom putting me to bed and and I was almost falling asleep. And and yet there's a tapping on my window. In fact, one whole wall of my bedroom was glass. It was a big just a glass wall we lived in california and little houses back then in the 50s were like that but there was a tapping and um my favorite tree was right outside that window and to my little toddler eyes there was looked like monkeys up in the trees with big big eyes and they were tapping on the window saying come out and play with us Mm -hmm. but they weren't using their voice and uh and they were so cute. And so I went and got out of bed and because I was a good little child. And I woke my mom up and said, Mom, and I don't know why I called them this because I didn't know anything about space. And I didn't had never gone to the zoo or anything yet. But I called them space monkeys. I said, the space monkeys are out in the tree and they want me to come outside and play. Can I go outside and play? And she's like, oh, honey, you're dreaming. Come on, let's put you back to bed. She kissed me goodnight, tucked me in. And she looked. I said, look, look, they're right there. And she looked and couldn't see them. Uh-huh. And uh, and so she put me to bed and I, I, you know, turned off the light and went back to bed. And then tap, tap, tap. 
again and they're more insistent they're like come outside and play with us mm -hmm. and so this this kept happening and i kept going and waking her up and saying they really want me to come outside may i go outside and she finally just got so tired and so frustrated she got angry and she and you know i'm a little kid i i love my mom i didn't want to be you know upset her but she pointed her finger at me and she said listen you go to bed and you go to sleep and i don't ever want to hear you speak about these space monkeys again ever or you're going to get a spanking and so i never talked about it again but they were real and now you know as an adult i realized they were you know they were grays mm -hmm. um, but i i called them space monkeys for some reason but uh that was my first physical et contact i and think put that math together uh, as yeah. a three-year-old yes <laughs> Well, I think it's actually, I think it's kind of funny that you brought it up in that fashion. We actually interviewed Terry Loveless uh, about his book, Devil's Den. And uh, what you described is pretty much word for word how you describe his childhood encounters with them, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's fascinating now, you know, as, as a therapist, all these people, and I, and I don't just work with ET contactees, by the way, I work with anyone but uh but it seems the last several years it's kind of the greatest bulk of people i work with are experiencers or right. abductees if you will um and the stories are very have a lot of commonalities they really do but there's also some really cool and strange and wild differences in each person's story too so mm -hmm. Uh, I think I, I think it comes custom packaged slightly for each person, and then to the the memories. This is what's so fascinating. Um, there, well, you know, like Whitley Strieber or uh, some of the the greats who were first, uh, you know, experts in this field, uh -huh. call these screen memories the the ETs actually will place an overlay in your in your mind of of what it was like or what they look like to protect to kind of buffer so you're not so frightened you know when John when John Yost had his experience at seven he thought he saw Ultraman a cartoon right. character mm -hmm. in his bathroom or in the doorway of his bathroom and he swore for 45 years, he swore it was Ultraman. When we went into his quantum hypnosis session, we found out it was not Ultraman at all. It was a big giant kind of ant looking being with antlers coming out of its cheeks and, you know, a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. And there was way more to it than just, you know, this little guy standing there. So, uh, and it's that parts in the, you know, that's featured in the film alien abduction answers and uh so it's interesting a lot of people myself included uh will describe seeing giant owls you know uh -huh. during uh, instead of an et and then when we go into the hypnosis part they're not an owl at all it's a it's a different type of being but owls seem to be kind of a stereotypical safe uh personification for yeah. humans, you know. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories about, about people seeing owls and 
Find out they're not owls after all, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't we don't normally see seven feet tall owls standing in the center of a highway at night, mm -hmm. right? But, but it happens. <laughs> so. Um, so <clears throat> let's, since you brought up John, let's, let's talk about that. Um, how did you and John actually get together? How'd you meet? That's, that's funny. And you know, it's, it's so funny. There's, uh, synchronicity is everywhere. There are no accidents, no coincidences. We were in a meeting brought about by a mutual friend about, <laughs> a, uh, a different subject, a different project. Um, and I was brought into this meeting because I had been channeling uh, ETs at some of these retreats. And uh, there was a big message given to the group and generally for the world at this retreat. Um, I, I didn't even know I was channeling. I thought I fell asleep. Actually, I was quite embarrassed. But, um, but one of my friends recorded it. And it was so compelling that he wanted to bring me in on a meeting about another project uh, with John and some other people. And so I was in on this meeting and, and, and nothing ever really came of that project. But during the meeting, I was just drawn to John. It was a Zoom meeting so we could see each other. And I was just really drawn to him. And I kept feeling something really like suffering. Mm -hmm. and, and so we finished the meeting. It was a couple hours long. And after the meeting, I kept getting very strong messages from my guides, the, the, the teachers, the star teachers. And they, they said, reach out to him and offer him a session. He's suffering. And I'm like, I never, I never argue with them. I always do what they ask me to do because they've never led me wrong. But this time I did, I resisted. And I'm like, come on, the guy doesn't even know who I am. Uh, he's, He's a big time filmmaker. I, I I don't even have his phone number, and they just kept after me, and uh, I kept resisting for a couple of days. And finally, they said, "You have his email address. Send him an email and make and, and tell him that you would like to offer him a service um, that you under that you feel that he's suffering. Just mm -hmm. do it." And I finally did, and just almost instantly uh, he got back in touch with me and he was just kind of like, how did you know? <laughs> and uh, so we got to, uh, he agreed to, to talk with me and he was very fearful of telling the story and he was very emotional about it. And so I knew it was something big, but it took us getting together and gaining rapport uh, through a couple of like little just get together and me channeling sessions. And uh, he finally did tell me a little bit about his seven-year-old experience. And he was telling me, you know, he saw this Ultraman guy. He was in the back. He was a little kid. He got up in the middle of the night to get a drink of water. He turned on the faucet, watched the water for a long time, turned it off. And when he turned around, there was this Ultraman character standing in the doorway and he didn't know how long he was standing there, but then his next memory was he was standing in the doorway and the Ultraman was in the bathroom. And then something really um, harsh happened, and I won't go into that because it's in the movie and we don't want to give it all away, but 
during that that talk it came through i mean i just saw it i'm like well you know a lot more happened in between the time that you were in the bathroom and you were in the hallway you right somewhere yeah because from john's perspective you know yeah because from john's perspective at the time he saw ultraman there was a flash and suddenly they had switched positions and that's all he could exactly. remember exactly yeah exactly and and i said well there was a lot that happened in between those two things and and he was just floored mm -hmm. and uh and so finally he said well i need to know what happened i need to know i and i said well you do need to know because that's the important part and mm -hmm. so we can do quantum hypnosis and and have you go right in there and see it and he was very resistant to it first of all he, he didn't i don't think he believed i don't know if he even believed in hypnosis i know he didn't believe in channeling he was just kind of going along with it because he was you know he was just trying to seek help anywhere uh, right. And he's just a very kind person, too. And I think he was just kind of playing along with me for a while. But um, so we had to do a, a couple of little mini sessions where he felt safe uh, to look at things that, that didn't have anything to do with that. And over time, it took, it took quite a long time. And he eventually finally realized he could be hypnotized and could go deep and could go anywhere. And he finally agreed to let go of his fear or at least quell it enough to go in there and see. Mm -hmm. uh, and when he did call me, uh, you know, it had been like a year and a half since we first started working together. He called me, said, I I'm ready to do the big one. He called it the big one. And I said, yeah, that's cool. Let's get you on the books and I'll send you a Zoom link and everything. Because I do my work virtually, most of it. And he said, uh, you know, I want to film it. I want to film it real time. It, maybe it'll be useful for someone else, uh, but at least for me. And uh, and that was in the middle of uh, 2020 during the pandemic. And in fact, there were we still couldn't travel uh, by air in, in, at the time. And I'm like, well, how are we going to do that? And he said, we'll figure it out. And by you know by the time we had discussed it the travel bans were off they were lifted i flew to the studio in pennsylvania and uh the, i i i and i'm still this way i've never allowed another person in the room when we do this and so i'm like how are we going to do this you you know you can't have cameramen are you going to be even the, able to get relaxed with all the lights and all the equipment it's like we'll do it so he had everybody set up remotely throughout that film complex mm -hmm. and they did a, rep a reproduction of my office and we were in that office and all the equipment was was working uh, being engineered remotely by these uh, cameramen and sound people and everything lighting people and we went into the session and it lasted over six hours. I usually don't take people in that long. That's just exhausting for everybody. But so much, it was like opening a floodgate. So much came through and we were filming and we had very short, we only had a couple of days to be together. We just kept going until we could go no longer. Mm -hmm. um, and it was incredible. Uh, what came out was some of the most incredible information I've ever heard. Not just his little 
I don't want to call it little, but his experience was extremely different than what he remembered. And it was very healing for him to see it clearly and understand what it was about. But then when we went to the higher self, the higher self just came through and gave him a kind of a call to action uh, about his purpose on earth. And that was very powerful. You don't see a whole, I mean, we can't cram six and a half hours of material into 92 minutes. And there was other, a lot of other stuff and other experiencers in the film. Right. So you see just bits and pieces of the session in the film, but his dream was to do mm-hmm. two more films and build on that and add, you know, put more of that, of that session in there. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, uh, just as we were starting the second film, he found out he had uh, very aggressive, um, deadly pancreatic cancer this year. And right. he's, so he's been in a battle to save his own life uh, with some revolutionary uh, treatments uh, that are not paid for by any insurance company. So we've, he's been fighting for his life this year, and I've been helping to try to get funds for this treatments because it's all out of pocket so, uh, but that's where we are with that but it's still very exciting and he's still really really wanting to get well so we can finish this project mm-hmm. and get this message out to the world we want to get well too yeah so are we <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean we're not just huge fans we're not just huge fans of john as a as a you know, as, as a movie maker, but as a person, John he's a great man, and you know, he is a great man, and I, I think that's why he was chosen to have this experience because he came here to do this. This was mm-hmm. his contract to do this, and as you know, a lot of people come in with with agenda. Well, we all come in with purpose, but a lot of people don't realize what their purpose is until something very climactic triggers that and stuff and this was the thing for him but the type of person that he is is part of the reason why he is the person to do this he's mm-hmm. so kind and generous and gifted and um he's just a beautiful human being definitely so you've you've uh been working hard to help John with this process too. Um, you've uh, you've promoted his his uh, GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. as as we have as well. Absolutely and, yes. And do you can you? I, I've talked to John sporadically, so I don't know exactly how he's doing. Do you know what his status mm-hmm. is right now? Yeah, his status is. Uh, it's been quite remarkable, actually. He, you know. John is also a very brilliant person. He's a super intelligent person. And uh, when he found out he had the cancer, he didn't just, well, you know, he listened to what the doctors were saying that he needed to do. And then he was horrified at what they wanted him to do, you know, what the conventional medical world wanted him to do. And he just, again, he, by now, he has learned to listen to his own inner voice. He's trusting that he can channel just as much as anybody else. And He's listening and, and, and his inner voice was saying, there's another way to do this, a better way to do this. So he researched and tried, uh, you know, looking at all kinds of things. And he found this 
treatment center in Scottsdale, Arizona called Invita Medical Center, who does a revolutionary style of cancer treatment with a super high uh, success rate, not just for, you know, remission, but cure. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's a private company, nobody, and because it's not, you know, FDA approved and all that stuff, you have to pay for it out of pocket. So right. he, um, he decided that was for him. And just as, a, you know, he, he's learning how to trust. And so um, I think, you know, he and his wife, Lisa, pretty much, how do I want to say this? Pretty much used up every resource they have, uh, sold everything they could, um, you know, uh, depleted all of their funds and everything to get him down there because you don't just go there and, and pay for the treatments, but you also have to, you know, live there for three months. And uh, so he had to get an apartment, had to rent a car, all that stuff costs a lot of money. And you have to pay for each treatment ahead of time. You don't, there's no payment plan. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, anyway, when he went and I don't understand all of it, but when he went, I think his, uh, one of his big markers, if you will, the number was 80. I remember that. And about a month ago, they they retested and it was at three so it's almost completely gone and yeah so so amazing Mm -hmm. but but he wasn't quite finished yet he didn't have enough money so you know we've been everybody i know has been doing fundraising events myself included Mm -hmm. um doing all kinds of crazy raffles and stuff just to get money to to keep paying for these things because you know it, it would be heartbreaking to get that close and then not have any more money and then you go home if there's even one percent left in there it's going to grow back oh yeah right. that's exactly. so, that's the heartbreaking part of this so anyway um what i what i what he told me uh about a week ago is that it has plateaued at that place and so they did more testing and said it's it's morphing it's resistant now so they have to double up on the treatments and extend it till about December but they're very very confident that they're going to you know eradicate this but that's two more months now that he has to stay there and come up with funds to pay for all of this right and it is extremely painful and exhausting and it, it's just all encompassing it's mm-hmm. it i can't even imagine what what he and his wife are going through there but um but that's where he is today he is still receiving the treatments as long as he can pay for them and he has full confidence that it's going to be eradicated and and i do too and i keep being told by my guides that it will that he's going to be completely supported mm-hmm. and he is healed uh, he just has to catch up to the healing in his physical body to what he's done energetically. Uh, and, you know, we do healing sessions for him all the time and everything. Right. But, uh, but see, uh, 
I think the real reason that he had, you know, participates in this whole thing, in this uh, disease and everything is because I, you know, he wasn't even aware of all of the things that he's learned up till now. Um, he was like many people who just kind of don't think about it till something comes up and then they're like, oh my God, what do we do about this? Mm -hmm. um, I truly believe part of his purpose is to go through this direct experience, learn everything he can, and then use his gifts as a filmmaker to get the word out that there are more options and that it's a travesty that our country does not participate in assisting people um, or the research that these people are, are literally showing works of, of this process um, to pay for this. It's, it's just a travesty. So I think his purpose is to get well and then make a film about it and, and blow the powder keg of about our medical system up. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I could definitely hope he does because there are so many people who could use his treatment if it if it works as well. Pancreatic cancer has. is usually a death sentence. Yeah, yeah. it's almost. It's, I I don't know of anybody who survived it. John's the only one I know of that's been doing better with this treatment. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I I I've you know I've researched a lot myself. I think the the figure is like point zero one percent mm -hmm. of people survive it more than five years. Right, uh, and there, and, and and up till now, I don't know that there's any documented people who have uh, lived more than twenty years after yeah. con contracting it. So, you know, it is. It's like, and I I've teased him. I'm like, buddy, when you decide to do something, you go all out. You you don't just <laughs> get you know, you don't just get lung cancer. You get the worst kind of cancer anybody could ever get. Just he does nothing up, by you know, like. <laughs> Like here, hold my beer. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. do right, and that is the kind of guy he is. He is like mm -hmm. the here, hold my beer kind of person. Although for him, up until he decided to uh, change some things in his life about a year and a half ago, it would have been uh, a good whiskey because he's a he's an Irishman and he loves his whiskey. But very true. Here, hold my soda. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Actually. I, I remember he and I talking about it. He said one of these days we're just going to have to have a, a whiskey together. And yeah. <laughs> the processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. They yeah. just talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Knowing you, it'll be a diet soda and him having the whiskey. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he'll drink whiskey either. It's it. What's what's really interesting is is that he through this process, this awakening process that he's been going through, like going through the quantum hypnosis and realizing he really did have uh, a very kind of extraordinary ET contact, and and then to realize that he's had it his whole life, he's still having it. It's it's expanding. It didn't stop. It's he's having all kinds of experiences of the paranormal now but um it woke him up and and so you know at the time when i first met him he was a pretty big guy and he loved he loved his food he loved his you know big macs and he worked 80 hours a week and so he would just eat you know whatever came in the 
studio and 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 he was uh he's a jolly person and he loved drinking and partying after the shoot was over and all that um mm. but this this process kind of woke him up to the fact that hey that's not healthy that's not congruent with who you are be who you really are or who you're remembering you are and so he he went on a health kick like six months before he knew he had cancer he went on a health kick and 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 went to a very healthy diet, stopped drinking, um, you know, exercise, meditation, all this stuff. And he was in the best shape of his life and then found out he had cancer. Mm -hmm. And, and I, again, I said, boy, you're brilliant because, you know, if you had not done that for that period of time before you, discovered you had cancer you probably wouldn't be as strong as you are now to be able to handle these things right so yeah he cleaned house before before the storm hit and mm -hmm. i'm really proud of him for that yeah definitely so are we definitely because better you start changing your body for the better and it makes it easier to take care of the dis-ease as you're fighting the disease. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, my dear, absolutely. You know, um, when you clean house, it's a lot easier to 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 take care of the maintenance if, mm -hmm. if something breaks down, right? So, uh, and I'm sure his immune system was way enhanced by that process before he went into this. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, definitely. So let me ask you about the star teachers. Mm -hmm. um, you say that they are advanced beings who claim that they are actually us. Yep. Uh, and they've evolved to a much higher, more positive co-creative frequency. Um, by that, does that mean that they have passed on and moved into a higher plane of existence or that they have, were they, are they physical beings who have moved beyond the physical? Yeah. Here's, here's, here's how they explained it to me. They, they call us their future ancestors and okay. they say this is really important. This is the big message that they keep pounding into all of us um, is that this lifetime in this timeline, the one that all of us are living right now, this is the lifetime when human beings finally reach that critical place where they either blow up and annihilate themselves and annihilate themselves and blow up the world, or they evolve and, and grow up and learn how to live harmoniously. And in so doing, they change their vibrational state. They move up the feed, the food chain a little bit and start to, you know, prosper and live more healthily and everything. But they say that we have already done this. You know, as I said before, quantum physics tells us everything is happening all at once forever in the same spot. So yeah. it's just depending on what part, what frequency, what layer of that you're focused on is your reality. So they mm -hmm. say we actually accomplish this, but there are infinite probabilities and it can change, you know, anytime, but that is the one that they come from. 
So they say that what we're doing right now in this lifetime is it starts the wheels of what humanity eventually becomes turning. Humans, they say that something, it's usually something very catastrophic that has to happen that brings people together. If you remember like when 9-11 happened, our uh, nation for once just kind of came together for a little bit. Right. Um, put that on a global perspective. They say probably, most likely, something very catastrophic is going to happen or we'll get very close to a catastrophe where we, most of us decide, oh, we have to work together. And we have to let go of all this divisiveness, right? And so we do that, and then we start co-creating a better environment, take care of the planet, take care of everyone. Um, and then our technology takes off, our brain power takes off. And so we evolve as a species and we become a, a true spacefaring um, species. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're just making little inroads right now, you know, the last 70 years or so, but we truly do. And um, we start, you know, off-world colonies, and then we become interdimensional and, and do that. And eventually, the human species, most of us, don't live on Earth in the third dimension. We live elsewhere as higher-level beings, and that's who they are. So they literally say they're us, reaching down through the layers to kind of poke us on the middle of the forehead and say, hey, wake up. It's time to start this process. But the, the cool thing is, is they always say, we wouldn't be talking to you today had you not already done it because yeah. we wouldn't exist, right? Right. So really what they're saying is, is they're echoing what quantum physics and what all of the ancient mystical mystery schools have always taught that there are infinite universes and infinite versions of each person mm -hmm. and world and we can choose which one we want to focus on and that is our reality and that they're all connected you can tap into that at any time um, and the main message about that is you know if we really are all part of the same person and we're just showing ourselves different variations of our own consciousness, then how in the world could we judge another? How could we hate another? How could we want to ignore another or be unkind to someone, let alone, you know, murder them and their whole tribe or country or whatever? And that's kind of where we're headed. They, we're coming to that realization, you know, where most of the cosmos already lives. This is a very, they say that the third dimensional earth construct is like a little science lab that we built to have a very limited kind of extreme experience uh, over lifetimes. And eventually we get enough of it. We have a little timing mechanism that wakes us up and says, oh, remember you do have a key to get out the door. You don't, you're not just stuck here. And then we realize we're part of a much greater reality. So, so that's who they are. Okay, so basically we're stuck in the matrix and uh, just waiting Precisely. to wake up out of it. Okay. Precisely. <laughs> I can get behind that. The Cohen's uh, 
they they're tapped in the you know the people who made the matrix absolutely had got it going on they see it for what it is so right as you're describing the being or each we're all one person i yes. got yelled at in high school because i had that theory mm -hmm. no oh, i have no doubt that's heretical hey. thinking right yeah i mean i'm I so sorry you know harangued by teachers you know you can't we aren't bad da, 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 da. i'm like i'm looking at you know the catholic nuns and the 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 two teachers that i one of which i put on a pedestal but you know special anywho yeah. um that were you know you can't that's that's not how it is and i'm like you know but that's that's how it is i mean if we are if, if you believe in reincarnation which even your catholic yeah. Talks about yeah. we're all the same person. No, 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 no. It's like yes, yeah, yeah. We are, we are. I put it to people this way when I'm when I'm teaching or running workshops. Think of it like this: the all that is, source, whatever you want to call it, the creator, cosmic mind, is an infinitely faceted, perfect jewel. Okay, it's a perfect jewel with infinite facets. And you, uh, for instance, you Kent, you are one facet, and you are one point of perspective looking into the jewel. And you're seeing all the other facets that look like someone different or something different. But it's all still you, you are that jewel. And there all those other facets are just other versions of you. So one facet is Gandhi and one facet is Hitler and one facet is your grandmother and you know and each facet is then looking out and thinking that all the other facets are separate from them but it's not true when you zoom out if you could zoom out and see that jewel you would see that it is a giant hologram which mm -hmm. incorporates all all the parts make up the whole in a complete way and so that's what life is. Um, I believe it was uh, Edwin uh, Schrodinger said, there's only one mind, one consciousness in the universe, and it's you and all the other versions of you, the reflections of you. That's what right. the other people are, right? Okay. So if you, you know, how could you hate or judge or be unkind to another part of yourself unless you don't love yourself enough and that's the whole crux of the biscuit you have to start to love you have to start here and love yourself first and be very cool with who you are and try to be the best that you can be and then you start to see that in everybody else and uh so that's my wish and hope and prayer is that people start to wake up and realize we're all just parts of the same being and all of this crazy fighting and everything it never has worked it's and it hasn't worked for a reason because it's it's about you know that is a separatist kind of a lie that, and it doesn't work anymore and that's why you see everything around you seems to be falling apart you know and mm -hmm. and that's why it's because we're starting to wake up um, that that construct doesn't work anymore. The right. matrix is falling apart. Mm -hmm. well, that, kind of, that kind of coincides with our theories, doesn't it? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit. Uh, we were uh, just discussing recently how uh, 
certain disasters like 9-11 and, and COVID and things like that have actually um, Made become kind of, kind of the catalyst for... for cohesion of, as the, of the world. At yeah. Times. Yeah. Yes. We said that. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had paradigm shifts that, that yeah. made a, a sticking point. A lot of yes. So, and that brings me to another part of this. So there is, you know, at the top of everything, life is neutral. Everything is neutral. Nothing, it, it, everything has a neutral value until you as the observer perceives it and judges it and gives it a label, gives it a value, good or evil, light or dark, friend or foe, whatever. Um, again, you know, physics teaches us nothing really exists, in quotes, until an observer perceives it. Okay. And right. I'm paraphrasing there for, for the lay people. But, um, but the... The key to that is that when you are, when you realize you are the person who decides what is what, um, you have to really look at that closely because you are labeling things as is filtered by your past experiences. And are those valid? Your past experiences and your belief systems and the things you've been indoctrinated into. So for instance, what I grew up, you know, being taught and pounded into my head the, the first, you know, 15 years or so of my life in school and church and all that, most of that isn't true. And so, you know, what, what I could label something from that point of perspective also wouldn't be true right right so if you if you can see yourself as that neutral observer and be at peace with what you're observing without judging it then it becomes more coherent with you and you're able to understand and and gain harmony with it and this is what all of the ancient mystical teachings are the you know buddhism and yoga and uh, the Tao and all of that, they all teach the same thing. But now quantum physics is starting to explain it from the <laughs> physical part, you know, from the scientific part. So it's awesome. Okay. You said that the scientific part, my brain went, I just read a, a article on quantum physics, something or other, and of course, as I'm trying to formulate the thought, thought goes further out the window. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's more about the time of evening than it is probably for <laughs> us than it is your brain. So um, yeah, only a full you're, day. You're just suffering from nighttime baby. brain. That's all. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Oh. At least I didn't call it sundowners. Yeah, it, it, it's true. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So, but but it's interesting. Um, you know, I love I love learning. I've never stopped going to school. I'm I'm currently doing a lot of um, advanced study in neurobiology to bring, because I've, I just, this stuff really helps, just helps me to explain things to people from different points of view, right? Different vantage points. Mm -hmm. But, um, but really the key message here is you are the universe expressing itself 
through one point of perspective. And so is everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I don't spell it universally you. I spell it Y-O-U, universe. It is the universe. It's you. Right. And so it, it bears repeating over and over again. The best way to get to know yourself is to go inside. So anything that gets you into that flow state, meditation, yoga, painting, chanting, you know, playing with babies, uh, whatever makes you feel like you can lose your sense of time and your sense of being in your body and your sense of being tied to a certain environment. When you just kind of are in that state where everything is kind of, you know, now instead of now in the in the moment, yeah. living in the now, yes, that's it, and that is the point of power. That's where you finally get there and you start to really see things for what they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's some of the work I do in these sessions is I teach them how to do that. And once they learn how to do that, they can go off and do it for themselves. They don't need me anymore. Some people like to keep coming back, but. But, you know, my, my real purpose isn't just to give people these opportunities to look inside and see the truth, but to teach them how to do that and go out into the world and live that mm -hmm. and also share that with other people. Right. So if you go to my website, you'll see there's hundreds of videos on there, um, you know, that are free for people to just watch and, and learn uh, how to do this stuff on their own. And um and that's that's what this is about i mean yeah i have to pay my electric bill and my mortgage uh, so i do charge for my sessions although i do a lot of pro bono work too but most of my work is to make sure that the person doesn't need me afterwards unless mm -hmm. they just like me a lot and want to talk to me more <laughs> so. i like that one nothing wrong with that <laughs> but i think that's part of the whole you know i hate to use words like new world or mm -hmm. new earth or whatever but but i don't have the right words for it but that's kind of what the the next paradigm is about it's about harmony and it's mm -hmm. about equality and it's about sharing the abundance with everybody right and 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 each person has stuff that they can provide to make the you know each person is a puzzle piece that is very important to make this big picture and we shouldn't discard some of the pieces because they don't look good to us or they don't seem to fit with our our part of the puzzle that's right. wrong every puzzle piece is integral to the whole picture and if you throw some pieces away once you're finished with the puzzle well there's holes in it and it's not a whole puzzle mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also think uh, as far as, you know, being in the now, a uh, big part of that would be to let go of your anxieties. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's interesting. Um, that's the other reason why I got into neurobiology now um, is that almost everyone I work with has PTSD or high anxiety. Uh, everybody's super stressed. They're super anxious. They don't know why. And um, so there are things that we can do to, to help them, you know, get over that or release it. Very simple techniques. 
but it takes practice and it takes diligence. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get a free ride with anything. Right. But, uh, and, and, and I make people mad a lot of the time. I'm like, you have to turn your phone off once in a while. You know, you have to go outside and play once in a while. Mm-hmm. You, you have to go help somebody out, you know, without expecting something back once in a while. And these things are what help knock us out of that. Right. But, um, but anyway. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, you're, yeah. you're talking to a bunch of Gen Xers. We know about going outside <laughs> to play. <laughs> we grew up without cell phones. Phones were on the wall. We had rotary dials, <laughs> and and I was the remote control for the TV when I was little. <laughs> go change the channel. Get up and go change the channel. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, can def- we can definitely relate to the concept. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, I know I'm preaching to the choir here and probably <laughs> most of your listeners as well. But it bears repeating because even even I find myself becoming, you know, conditioned to thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't I haven't checked my phone for the last, you know, hour. I better see who's, you know, see if anybody needs anything or see what's happening. Uh, but I long ago tuned out you know, mainstream media, and uh, I, I haven't had cable or satellite TV or anything like that for 25 years. It's too expensive. Um, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. You know, we don't have time for that anyway. Um, life is too precious. But, but, uh, but when you realize, you know, they don't call it programming for nothing, kids. Yep. No, it's programming. So, uh, and coming from, you know, uh, from a hypnosis uh, point of view, back in the, you know, 70s and 80s, they were already starting to do subliminal programming in advertising on TV and radio. Mm -hmm. Well, look how far we've come with technology since then. What do you think is going into your noggin you know, constantly through your devices. So it, it does, it, it takes a lot of gumption to just leave it all behind, go outside and be barefoot, you know, if it's not too cold and, and, and ground and connect with the earth. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I do a lot of things. I, I, I lived off the grid when I was uh, a young adult. Thankfully, I had that experience. I really loved it. And so I learned how to be an organic farmer and preserve foods and tan hides and live with alternative energy and all that. I live in a city now, but I still do um, grow a lot of my own food. And um, I'm very connected to, you know, the earth. And I try really, I've always been an eco-activist and everything. And I think people are starting to move that way now because they're also seeing what we're doing to our planet, we're doing to ourselves. And, um, and it's not a pretty picture. Mm. We are the species that will uh, destroy our environment. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's what I meant to say. Sorry, Tracy. Yeah, that is crazy. It's ridiculous. And now that we brought everybody down. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Because the good news is, is that we're waking up and, and noticing, mm-hmm. you know? Hopefully it's not too late. 
it's an old psychology thing. Yeah. The 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 moment that you realize something's you know amiss and you label it, that's half the battle to to healing it. So we're we're doing that. We're doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it doesn't get a lot of attention on mainstream news or anything or media because you know it's a it's a great tactic to get people stirred up and emotional and arguing and that keeps them you know glued to the devices but uh but we know that people are really also starting to use this technology to to gather together in groups and and spread you know really cool technologies and cool ideas and teachings and and uh and i'm loving it i mean i i'm working uh, with some friends now who are literally very close to perfecting a zero energy device. Can you imagine how that will crack the world open? If you have a zero energy, a zero point energy device that's going to be given free to the world, why would there be any wars anymore? If everybody has, if everybody has free energy, then they have the ability to have food, shelter, clean water, clean mm -hmm. air. When everybody has what they need, there's no reason for wars. And so that old paradigm of control and manipulate uh, to keep in power, that's no longer going to exist. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's why a lot, of, a lot of the inventors who have tried to come out with this in the past have uh, suddenly gone missing and the technology has disappeared and so is all the you know research paperwork and everything um it's because you know they're scrambling they don't want to give up their good deal but uh but it'll be a good deal for everybody and it does happen the teachers the star teachers say it happens that we do this so and we're really we're on the cusp of it and it happens in this lifetime so isn't that exciting yes it is it's just from my perspective, I, I think it's just sad that we have to basically be right on the precipice before it happens, you know. I know. We can, we can choose not to do you know. <laughs> yeah, we can choose not to do that. We mm -hmm. and we still may. You know, we may actually get a few more schmarts before that happens and and you know take the shortcut. But you know history at least recorded history that we know of shows that we usually have to come to blows before we can shake hands and mm -hmm. um you know it's kind of the tom sawyer huck finn thing you know but <laughs> but uh but they do say we do it and i believe them they've never lied before and uh and and i've seen these you know like to get back to the et context of when i was a kid um you know i was taken uh, i shouldn't say taken i i know i voluntarily went to you know wherever it was whether it was crafts or other worlds or whatever and shown you know the possibilities of what what can happen here um you know shown screens of of you know the earth as a barren place and no life and you know atomic bombs i you know just like you guys i grew up during the cold war and that's mm -hmm. all we were taught in school was you know duck and cover and all that stuff 
because it was a very real thing, a possibility that, that a nuclear bomb could be dropped any time on our school. But, um, and, and so I saw those screens and, and they were teaching us how to keep from doing this and, um, you know, giving us our purpose, but also shown many screens of the possibilities of, of what we do do, which is creating what can be a paradise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I truly believe that. I, I, I saw it with my own eyes. I, I know I didn't hallucinate that. And what's cool is in my work, I keep hearing the same stories over and over again. Even John, you know, he was taken to a subterranean uh, environment. It felt like like caverns right. and shown these giant screens with all of this information. And as a child, he didn't understand it, but it was just soaking into his consciousness. And now all of a sudden, boom, the timing mechanism goes off because it's needed. Mm-hmm. And He's often running with his purpose, as like so many other people are. It's really cool. And, you know, I have to wonder how the contactees wind up with the higher purpose afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. and why those people specifically versus everybody else. So I was having a conversation about this yesterday mm-hmm. <laughs> with one of my coworkers who he and I never really were on the same wavelength. You know, I know I'm a space case, but he's way out there type thing. Okay. But yesterday we were on the same carrier wave. Um, and, cool. and our theory is that we are chosen because we have the ability to see it. Um, we have the ability to affect it or reflect it as compared to just letting it pass through us. We don't see it, we don't care, it doesn't affect us. Mm-hmm. So just by by being who we are, so, you know, even if it's, you know, your first abduction, your first, you know, experiment, whatever the heck, it's because you already have that ability. And I, I personally feel that more people are touched than are not touched. And that some of them just don't, jive right just don't, so, don't plug in basically yeah so so he never right. talked it was one of those we we just we just decided that you know we all we both see the chaos in the world but we mm-hmm. take it filter it we don't you know i'll yell chaos and be happy with it he'll yell chaos and be afraid of it but at the same point it's because we're taking it and seeing different aspects but we can tinker it just enough to be able to say you know here's what it is now we move this way and you know he'll say the same thing we'll move the same direction like well wait i'm like yeah for you it's a frightening thing for me it's just a another thing to to play with and and learn deal and evolve with Mm -hmm. right right yeah um i think you're right on the money sorry we've got a cacophony going on that's enough guys come on I love okay. dogs too, so I totally get it. No, and and that's absolutely true. I I truly I truly believe, and I've been told, everyone is contacted. We all have contact, mm-hmm. but um, depending on, as you said, depending on where you are in your evolvement, where you are in your vibrational state in this particular reality, um, it either sticks 
or it doesn't, or it might be interesting, but you have other things to do, or it might become your calling. Mm -hmm. But I will say in my work with, with all these experiencers and abductees and contactees to a person, once they go through it and see it for what it really is, every single one of them comes out with what I call a call to action, a clarion call for their purpose. And that's why, that's why they do this process. Something triggers them to want to find out more or something happens that is so traumatizing or shocking or beautiful or whatever. They don't have anybody to talk to. So they talk to me and that starts the process of them figuring out what it is they're here for and that's what all this contact is about it's it's kind of the it's kind of the the post-it note that you leave yourself yeah um, you know the higher levels about what you're here to do but, you know i've always told people i'm i love the old bill and ted's excellent adventure movies i don't know if you guys ever saw those movies or not <laughs> all, three, and, all three know, of them they, <laughs> they act like they're, you know, dumb airhead kids and stoner boys and all this. But those are spiritual parables and they are more true than anyone would ever know. If you mm -hmm. if you saw them and you remember in the first film, like they are trying to, you know, get through all these adventures and everything. And they they meet up with their future selves and their future selves leave them post-it notes everywhere like they're being chased by the police and they they're in an office and they see a mm -hmm. post-it note that says duck and they duck and the police you know run by so right. <laughs> you literally are leaving yourself post-it notes through these higher level beings what we call ets or interdimensionals or angels or whatever who, whoever you're connecting with um these the thing that triggers you to want to find out more can be anything, but that's your post-it note. And that starts the process. In the meantime, you're just kind of like, la, 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 I'm over here in this playground doing this and that and the other thing, or I'm living this yucky life and there's no meaning and everything. And then boom, suddenly something happens that triggers you. That's mm -hmm. your post-it note. And then you're off and running. Okay. Cool. Well, I have a question uh, that I posted to John. I wanted I wanted to to put it to you. Um, you said that your your mom, your parents had kind of a negative reaction to uh, to your experience. Um, mm -hmm. Would you do, you do you suspect that maybe they had their own experiences, and that's kind of why they had they lean toward the negativity? I have no doubt that they did. I think everybody does. Mm -hmm. However, it depends on where you are in your development and where you are in your, how attached you are to your belief systems and everything. My parents were, you know, my dad was uh, military and very strict. My, and they were both very strict uh, athletes, nothing against anybody's religion but they but that's a very kind of a limited way of looking at life i think mm -hmm. you know and um and what they may have 
experience and what I was certainly experienced did not fit in that paradigm at all. And so, you know, we are taught from day one in this reality, in this culture, whatever doesn't look like you, sound like you, whatever doesn't uh, meet the, the boundaries of your belief system, of your cultural system, that's, that's probably to be feared and certainly to be um, discarded or pushed yeah. away or fought against, you know, fear and the fear and defeat, whatever isn't like you. That's why people, how ridiculous people hate other people because their skin color is different for God's sake. So it's just crazy. You know, how insane is that? Or because um, this person lives over here, uh, 10 feet away from you, but, but that's a different country. And yeah. so you should hate them even though, you know, and we have in, in, invisible boundary lines. Well, how insane. I mean, when you think about that, that's insane, mm -hmm. you know, but that's, yes. you know, that's where my parents were coming from. Now I will, I have to give them a lot of credit though. My parents were very bright people and they were less prejudiced than most people growing up in, in my day and age. And, and they taught me to love everyone and, um, and to not, uh, you know, it was during the civil rights movement and all that. They were very pro civil rights, but it did not extend to ideas of people from other planets or other dimensions, you know, other than angels and saints, mm -hmm. but that only, you only prayed, you, you talked to them through prayer and that was only in church. So it was very limited. Um, but I will tell you, towards the end of each of their lives, they completely did a 180. And I was with both of my parents, but I was, I, I literally cared for my dad. Well, I cared for my mom for many years as she was passing on, but she passed on after I had left her bedside one night in the hospital. But my dad, I was with him when he passed on. And the night before he passed on, I was doing energy work with him and um, guiding him with some meditation and so forth. And he completely saw everything and he described it to me. He just, he, he said, there's an angel standing right there. And I saw it too, it was a big being, but he said, everything that you've been talking about, is true. I see it, it's true. And why didn't I know this, you know, mm -hmm. 70 years ago? And I said, well, you know it now. And, and then, you know, a few hours later, he, he slipped away into that. And, and he did it in a peaceful and happy way. So that, that made me feel really good about that. Um, you know, and I see people turn on a dime every day now. People I would have never thought I could have this conversation with are approaching me and talking to me about it and asking questions about it now. Or I hear them telling other people, you know, about all this stuff. I'm like, wow, where'd you learn that? <laughs> Two days yeah. ago, you were calling everybody tinfoil hatters, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Jesus. But it gives me a lot of hope.
yeah, that's that's where I believe that everyone has contact, and I truly believe that contact of of different kinds of you know certain types uh, go through family lineages. I truly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I said, I just I, I suspected that might be the case uh, with you and with John, especially with John, because his father was so adamant that he. Oh. Keep it to himself that, that he not telling yeah. anybody. Yeah, and threatening, right. you know, threatening violence because you know because you know we don't talk about this. So right, and in fact, that's what really caused the fear in John, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what caused him to lie to himself and everyone else for so many years, which then caused him to feel even more afraid and and have a negative uh, feeling about the contact. It was. It wasn't the experience itself that originally caused him all that fear. It was his dad's reaction mm-hmm. and his mom's reaction. And it literally, I don't want to put words in John's mouth, but I would say that's probably what, what broke his parents up. And his dad left a couple of years later and never came back and left the mom with all the children and, and she mm-hmm. couldn't handle it and, and went down a a, a downward spiral in her life it was not pretty no and, it was not and i think it probably did i i think that they had their own experiences but they were looking at it from that really cloudy lens of of their belief systems and and the way they were brought up and everything and so it looked it looked Maybe it looked evil or maybe it just looked so different that they didn't want their child to stand out and be ostracized and, you know, in, in, in the culture. Mm-hmm. And so they were very, you know, especially the dad was very adamant. You don't talk about that ever. Right. So, yeah. well, well, all I can say is I'm glad John found you because he could very easily have gone down the same road. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and be worse off than he is now, which is, you know, he's, he's doing great. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were glad to hear that. And uh, look forward to, I, I'm looking forward to being, to, you know, having an opportunity to talk with him again in the future. Uh, but uh, I also want to say right now, because we are getting short on time, I'm going to say thank you very much for joining us. Debs. Thank you. Yes, thank you. It's been great having you on. And uh, I think we've learned a bit tonight. A lot. Yeah. I, I oh, think thank you. Life, and she's honestly. affirmed a lot about what I've I've been thinking about with all the stuff she's been talking about. I've these thoughts have crossed my mind before. A lot of the stuff she's talked about. I'm not saying you know, I'm not saying stealing ideas from her, anything, but I it's just stuff that has hit true with me when she starts talking about. It. I'm like, yeah, because you know we've been talking about the whole the consciousness with the 9/11, and every mm-hmm. time there's something going on, and now mm-hmm. we're at war again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. It's, so- yeah, and, and it's been my great pleasure to talk to you guys too. It's it's wonderful. And and I just know I'm at your service. I'm at everyone's service. You know, you can always reach me. My website debsaki.com. All my social medias are debsaki. Um you know, people can contact me. I'm always happy to talk to folks. And uh and I'm having a, I'm actually having an event on Saturday, the eleventh. Um, where I'm hosting a, it's a, a global, you know, on Zoom. It's a group um, called Quantum Jump, but it's a quantum hypnosis group exploration of things. And, 
And uh, so we're doing that on Saturday and hopefully I make enough money where I can donate to John. Mm -hmm. And if anybody wants to make donations, I hope this is okay, but I'm going to make a plug for it. Please, um, do. please, please do. do. We do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, you can go to my, my Facebook page or my website. It's all over it. Uh, the, his GoFundMe page, his story. There's a beautiful video that his two sons made about him mm -hmm. uh, talking mm -hmm. about why we need the donations, why he needs those donations. Um, so if you have any questions or you want to know how to donate, anything will help, please. He, if, this is so expensive. I think they probably already spent around $300,000 and they still need probably another 100000 to get him through. And um, so any anything you can give will, will be such a help. Even if it's just, you know, I shouldn't say just, even if it's your prayers or your energy, if you're an energy worker or whatever, mm -hmm. um, please uh, keep him in, in, in that realm with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for letting me come on and talk about all of this. It's been my wonderful, great pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure having you on tonight. Yes, Natalia, apologize for yelling. Yes, especially <laughs> 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 your pages. <laughs> thank you so much, and you know, yeah, everybody connect with me. I'm. It may take me a while to get back with you because I, mm -hmm. I get a lot of people talking to me every day. Definitely. But uh, I love it, and I'm at I'm at your service. That's what I'm here on the planet for, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really appreciate everyone. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So that was Deb Shakti. What do you guys think? She was She's awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't function the same brain cell. No, 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 no we no. don't share a brain cell. Not no. at all. Just just tonight, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just once in a blue moon. Okay. I, One I at a time. What'd you think? <laughs> oh, I think she's great. She's very informative. She's very thoughtful. A lot of stuff she talked about, I've thought of through my head, you know, like, like I was saying with the war stuff and everything, like it, it, it brings us in for cohesion and we need that again. As, as horrible as that sounds, because 9-11 happened and suddenly the whole world turned and went, oh, this isn't going to happen. We're going to fight this all and all this, everything else. And, right. You know, and I'm not just talking about it. Like, you had World War One, World War II, um, different offensives, offenses like um, in different countries. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. And it's not always war. It's other things. Some something happens globally, and we all come together. A global paradigm shift. Yeah. So See, I, I thought it was cool that that you know she's telling us about parts about her life, and I'm like, wait, I, you know, I'm younger than you, but dude, we had the shadow life. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That's same. That's same. Nope. 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 That's the same. Nope. Nope. I, I nope, honestly haven't done what she's done. Not. I mean, I've had certain experiences and stuff, but not. Well, you both to have your Catholic school nightmares. She was open yeah. from the beginning. What do you mean nightmares? Catholic what? school nightmares. Yeah, Catholic school nightmares. Yeah. Oh yeah, my 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 second grade teacher told me to get over my mother's uh, stroke. Mm -hmm. That's 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 do. great. You tell. Oh, it's, she's not dead. Get over it. I was like, who yeah. are you? And what happened to my teacher that used to be nice? Yep. Seriously, I was just oh oh. Anywho, sorry. <sighs> Catholic school nightmares. Oh, there were a lot of them. Definitely. The boys putting pins through uh, pill bugs. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. Why the heck? Was that, was that a thing that happened in regular school too? 
Yeah. It, okay, it wasn't just a Catholic schoolboy no, thing? Okay. No. I had to ask because I don't ever remember the, the kids in my, my second elementary school ever doing that kind of stuff. I just don't remember it. It's, it's not a school thing. It's a boy thing. It's a boy, it's a boy thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not a boy. <laughs> many, Aren't you glad I'm not a boy? Many insects die in the service of boys. I'll put it that way. Are you glad I'm not a boy? Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, I'm just messing with you, baby. You know, in, in a different aspect of the realities, you know, in a different fractal thing, you are. Or you were, and you still have to Hey, I have together. masculine tendencies to begin with, and he was raised by his mother, so he's got feminine side to him, even though he's a, he's all man, but he does have feminine <laughs> a feminine side. And I, you know, I'm the first to say, you're not a, you're not a guy, you're not a boy. He's like, what am I? You're a you. That's what yes. you're Kent. That's I'm all you need. I'm technically not classified as a human being. You're classified as a Kent. <laughs> I am a popsicle. <laughs> Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say that. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> so, so I enjoyed talking to her. I enjoyed listening to her. I, yeah. I do have to talk to someone about talking over people, even though you're young. Oh, she's just a baby. <laughs> she I, wants to be want, a co-host. She it's wants that to be simple. A co-host. Yes. And I hope you don't. I hope you don't think any of us were upset or pushing you to keep her quiet or anything. If she, babies make noise, and if any of our listeners have complaints, they can just file it in the. In, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they can file it up their butt. She was being good. <laughs> Don't be like that. She well, no. If they're going to complain good. about the baby, no, she was good for. You know, I'm just saying. I don't want anybody to think that. You know. I don't want you to think that we were trying to keep Babies her quiet. Make noise. Babies make That's noise. Exactly. It. She was giggling at one point. I thought that was the coolest little thing. She yeah, smiled I, at me and went, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking with her. I enjoyed, I enjoyed listening to her and just going, you know, the parallels that I was mm-hmm. getting. Oh, yeah. And the, 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 you know, yes, I thought that, yes, I I am not the only one who thinks that. Oh, yeah. Today. It's, having, it was very affirming well, I, I think, her, I think wasn't it? I think we're all in the same boat in that regard. Yeah. You know, but listening to it, her talks like, okay, yes, I agree with this. Uh, it it this was very affirming sense. listening to her, though, because yes. we've all mm-hmm. had these thoughts and we've talked to each other about these thoughts before. And it was very affirming to listen to her and listen to her point of view on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to talk to her again. She ever wants to come on and plug her stuff or whatever. Yes. I hope you don't mind. If you're but listening, I'd be Debs. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> anytime. You're come welcome back. back. Come back. Come on back now. You hear? Sorry. <laughs> it had to come out. Oh my god. <laughs> Tracy is channeling our childhood now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Gen Xers, oh. are you listening? <laughs> so before we go, I, I do want to plug John's GoFundMe. Yes, uh, and post it again. on our thing again. I will post again if, but it is there on our uh, Facebook page. But it's way down there now. You might have to search for it a little bit. I'll try and repost it again here. But uh, John could really use everybody's help. Um, He's almost there. He's really close. I mean, 3% is amazing. Yeah. That's that's, that's unheard of in in cancer treatments for pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. Pancreatic cancer and lung cancer are death sentences. Pancreatic is the worst because by the time it's detected, it's stage four. Mm -hmm. It's almost never anything lower than a stage four when it's caught. And... I I'm so glad he's getting this treatment because he he need he we need him around. Yes. Yep. The world still needs him. His kids still need him. His he's wife got still two needs more him. movies he's got to put out. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I said, the world still needs him. Maybe even three at this point. Okay, we need more than just the movies. We need him. Period. Yes, we do. 
Oh man, I'm cold suddenly. Well, Just this is a man who who messaged me to say, "When are we going to do another podcast together?" So you know. Well, when you're feeling up to it, we'll do it. Yeah, when you're feeling up to it. I'm going to tell you, John, if you're listening, when you feel up to it, anytime you let me know. When you're when you're up for it, you let us know. We will make the time for you. Definitely. Ah, Tracy. Yep, yep, yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I guess now is the time for the obligatory plug about how to contact us and all that good stuff. Yes. Take it away, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Make the baby giggle. Okay, so we have a few ways to do it. You want to reach out to us through Facebook, you can reach out to Kent Whittington, Adriana Camuto, or myself, Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Our messengers are always there. You could... Yeah! Yes! Exactly. You don't have one yet. You're too little. Um, Eventually, though, I'm sure you'll have one. <laughs> you can reach out through our Facebook group, What in the Podcast. You can... Uh, Facebook, sorry, What in the Podcast Facebook Facebook. See, you can't do it either. <laughs> you guys laugh at me, and you can't do it either. Uh, at yeah, the, I don't even try. On the description portion of this podcast you're listening to, you can click the, the, the more and then leave us a message on that. <sighs> which you can record it any way you want oh. to. If you don't like it, you can hit it, you know, tell us to re record. And I'd say reach out to the inner person and say, hey, re- you know, send a mind jiggle. We might just get it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Also, I, 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 I have to uh, reiterate and point out that we do have merchandise available through our yes. Redbubble site. Which um, we through my stuck- Redbubble site, actually. It's one of it's stuck on my computer. <laughs> you want to go to redbubble.com. You want to go to redbubble.com slash foxfeather. A sticker. It's stuck find, on my computer. And you'll find our What in the Podcast merchandise there. And there's like 91 different items oh, that you can order. Posters, stickers, uh, shirts, sweatshirts, uh, a hat, I think. Shorts. Yep. So if you want to support our podcast, it's a great way to do it. Also, you can donate from our Spotify page now, too. Yay! And yes, we're still working on the Patreon. We just keep having issues with it. Yes, we are having issues with the Patreon. Anyone speak Patreon? Want to come help us? Yes, please help us. Yes, so every time I try to set something up, it reverts and messes things up again. Yeah, it, it's not being helpful. It's, like it's I can't, very I, much a hindrance. I can't give people what they want if Patreon won't let me. You yeah. know, so... I don't know if any if anybody if any of you experienced podcasters who use Patreon have know the uh, secret tricks. And know the secret tricks, yeah. Let me know, please. <laughs> Why did you spit out the binky? But anyway, I think that's going to do it for tonight. We're going to wrap it up here for you, folks. I hope you enjoyed the the show tonight, and I hope you come back and listen for more. Yes, we're trying to bring you new and interesting content every other week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but until that time, the gremlin's uh, at my lap telling me it's time to go. So let's say it's time we just do what we normally do. And cue the, the gremlin. What in the Podcast is a part of the What in the Podcast network and is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other great podcast formats. You can find us on Facebook at the What in the Podcast Facebook group. If you have a great story idea or have a personal paranormal event that you want to share with us, email us at whatinthepodcast at gmail.com with your story, or you can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the episode description. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to leave us a review and rate us five stars. It doesn't seem like much, but it helps us more than you can imagine. 
What in the Podcast is also made possible thanks to our sponsors and listeners like you. Thanks for listening. Thank you.